Next on BYU Sports Nation, a 2020 special. What does BYU basketball have to accomplish to make this season truly special? The Cougars are a seven seed in the latest ESPN Bracketology. Is that the ceiling, or can they do better? Plus, if BYU football isn't done scouring the transfer portal, which position would benefit the most from another graduate boost? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live because we like to do it live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday, February 11th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who can toilet paper a house better than most, Jerem Jordan. I did it a couple times when I was a teenager, and now as a parent, I think... That would be awful. Be super annoying to clean up. I'm gonna clean that up. That's terrible. Yeah, our house got egged when I was a little kid, and I thought that's kind of hilarious. And then I thought about the cleanup involved. No, not and what I would think if I were the adult that had to clean that up. No, it's it's not okay. Like I feel like it's not as socially acceptable in our day and age now to go and egg somebody's house and toilet paper somebody's house. Too many cameras. Right? You're going to get caught. Yeah, you got the ring things on You're the doorbell. You're going to get caught. Everyone's got they a phone. They need to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a different company to do mine. I, yeah. I just think about the dumb things that were like socially acceptable and okay when we were growing up that are just oh. totally not okay Oh, now. there were a lot of things that to- happened. And totally sad, not but, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Yes. You evolve, you get better. Yeah. Granted... I come from a family where my dad was the guy that had our toilet paper house or our our, uh, house toilet papered and (laughs) caught the kids and said, hey, clean it up and then come in for ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. Well, your dad's, he was an extraordinary guy. I'm like, yeah. Who does that? Yeah. I'll clean it up and get out of here. Yeah. I'll call the cops. That's cool. Your dad was around. That's great. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't take that for granted. I'm just I do not take that. I'm just kidding. It's uncomfortable for everybody. I know. I'm just kidding. That is how you open the show. When does the show start? That's how you open the show. We've got a fantastic show lineup. Dave Rose, former BYU basketball head coach, going to join us in Studio B to talk about uh, his uh, the way he views BYU basketball from the front row now as a fan, as yeah. a spectator. Well, he's going to be a, a sort of media member with us. Uh huh. Hey, take off that coach's hat, there's, Dave. There's Let's that go. Too. We joked with him that he was going to do this when he was done coaching basketball. Come hang out. And uh, now here we are. Let's talk about Elise Romney, why she is the real elite Romney on campus at BYU. Romney's in the news, right? Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And Top 5 Tuesday with a special Cosmo spin. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball, a seventh seed in the newest ESPN bracketology produced by insider Joe Lenardi. The Cougars currently projected to play 10th-seeded Purdue in St. Louis. As part of the West region, this matchup is exactly the same one from last Friday's bracketology. 
BYU stays at number two in the latest ABCA coaches poll. The Cougars play at Grand Canyon this Friday, uh, both undefeated in the league. Grand Canyon's won eight in a row, by the way. Volleyball. Felipe Gibrito Fajeda is the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Star Trek Defensive Player of the Week. A federation always makes it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After 13 blocks and seven sets amidst two wins versus UCLA and Pepperdine, he's fifth in blocks per set in action. Fire torpedoes. <laughs> yes. Star. Shannon Evans of 16th ranked BYU Gymnastics dethrones her teammate Abby Miner as the latest MRGC gymnast of the week after an all-around gem against Sacramento State. Miner had won the award four consecutive weeks, but Evans, the All-American Bars Specialist, did her thing, and she will compete again in all four events this weekend in a conference matchup against Boise State live on BYU TV. And pitcher Reed McLaughlin is named to the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association Stopper of the Year Award watch list given to the nation's best relief pitcher. McLaughlin posted a 7-1 and record despite no starts. Uh, and as a reliever, had four saves, of course. The first in BYU history to have seven wins and four saves in program history. That was amazing. Yeah, incredible stuff. Back. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball has already done some remarkable things this season. A handful of solid wins, memorable buzzer beater, dagger against St. Mary's, record three-point shooting as a team, and yes, the excitement is very much back. BYU is just four spots out of the latest AP Top 25 poll. They have the projected seven seed we just talked about in the NCAA tournament. They're a top 25 team in the NCAA net rankings and a top 16 team in the Ken Palm ratings. Holy cow, things are trending in a very wonderful direction. The Cougars seem to be pacing for something special. Jerem, what would make this a special season for BYU basketball? The first thing would be winning the conference tournament. Amen and amen. BYU won that, that would be special because you would take down, you'd think, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. That would be incredible. And it brings us to our set of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Last year, BYU won a conference trip. I hate this fact. I hate it. It, It's hard to win one. It is. BYU couldn't beat uh, UNLV on its home court, and now it's tough to beat Gonzaga. St. Mary's proved it can be done, right? Um, That the upset can happen. And this BYU team lost by 23 in Spokane. But I still believe that BYU can compete with Gonzaga. We're going to see it in, what, 11 days, uh, 12 days here in Provo. Uh, I'm excited to see that. It is tough to beat them there. So that would be one thing. It's the Gonzaga Invitational presented by the West Coast Yeah, it's Conference. tough to beat it's, Gonzaga on their home court, and it's tough to beat UNLV on their home court. It's tough to beat Gonzaga, Gonzaga, oh, wait, those and are, Gonzaga. Th- those are neutral site games, yeah, Jerem? Yeah. Oh, okay. The other thing that would be special would be winning in the NCAA tournament. Yes. Uh, getting to the NCAA tournament, to a certain degree, could be special as well. But it's been five years since BYU went. It's been seven since BYU won a game. That was in Dayton. It's been eight since BYU won a non-first four game. So I think winning in the NCAA tournament would be special as well. Absolutely. Get to the round of 32. And I know there are people out there that are like, oh, sweet 16. It's got to be something that Jimmer did and Danny. BYU's gone to two sweet 16s ever. It's once in a generation. 
right now. That's the standard. And, and, and hopefully BYU gets over that. We've talked about being greedy. Hey, don't be too greedy. If BYU wins a tournament game and it's not the first four and they're in the round of 32. I'm happy. How incredibly exciting is it that BYU will be playing on the weekend? I don't even care who it's against and that they'll be an underdog. Winning a game for the first time in eight years in the tournament would be incredible. Yeah, it'd be Nothing awesome. like having your team in the tournament and then winning a game and playing lasting on at least a few more days. Yes. And let's acknowledge something. That a special season can happen out of nowhere, by the way. Do you think a lot of people think, oh, let's build towards this? No, no. A lot of times it's like all in and then all out, right? Loyola Chicago a couple years ago when they went to the Final Four, do you feel like they were like, you know what? We built to this moment. No, they just had an amazing run and that was it. And they don't need to even go to the tourney for a couple years. They can live off that equity for a while. Hashtag right? Sister Jean. BYU. Yeah, who's Sister Jean here? Glenn Tuggett. Uh, BYU could live off of a run for a long time. We're still living off of Jimmer and that team, right? We're still living off that team. We're still living off of a 1984 National Championship football team. You can live off that for a long time. So if this BYU team does something crazy and they win two whole games in the NCAA tournament, bang. Elaine Michaelis is probably the sister gene of BYU athletics. the sister gene now? Yeah. 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 Hey, how about finishing ranked for the first time in nine years? That would add to the special dynamic. Getting ranked at all. Sure. Absolutely. Wait, like the when BYU beat number one Gonzaga, we don't think about that season. We think about that game, but we think about that a lot, right? One one game, one series of games yeah. can mean a lot for a long time. Yeah, it really can. With BYU not going to the tournament for five straight years, and then people being like, "Well, this team's good enough to get to Sweet Sixteen, so that's where I'm going to hold the expectation." Come on, stop it. Yeah, just, that's pretty gritty. Just come on. It's Stop too it much. Too. ESPN's Joe Lenardi has BYU as a seven seed this morning playing Purdue in St. Louis. Can BYU do better than a seven in the dance, or is that the peak probable seed? I can't believe I'm going to say this. Yes, Jerem, BYU can do better than a seven seed because they're already at that level, and they still have opportunity games to go out and impress. Notably, Gonzaga on February 22nd. If BYU beats Gonzaga... Surprise, surprise, they'll jump up a seed line or maybe even two because it's arguably the number one ranked team in America, depending on who you're talking to, who you think is the best. Right now, I know it's Baylor technically, but a lot of people still think Gonzaga is the best. So there are opportunity games. If BYU gets to play St. Mary's again in Vegas on a neutral court and they beat the Gales again, chalk up another quad one victory because it's going to be on a neutral site and we think St. Mary's will be sub-50, so that would give BYU more resume material, and maybe the Cougars are a sixth seed on Selection Sunday. What I think will happen is BYU will beat everybody except Gonzaga, and then it's a toss-up for me with St. Mary's in Las Vegas. If they do win that game against St. Mary's in Vegas, at least a seventh seed. At least. Just avoid catastrophe, and you'll at least be a seventh seed. But yeah, but there is opportunity. And I know I've talked a lot about I don't think BYU is going to slide to the 8-9 game. I am hoping and praying that Gonzaga gets the number one seed in Spokane because that means BYU would oh, not be the 8-9 happening. team in Spokane. Okay? No, that's happening. Right, unless yeah. Gonzaga absolutely just does something we know that they won't do and they start to lose games to St. Mary's and BYU and they slide to the two line, it's not going to happen. But uh, Baylor and Kansas and San Diego State all need to be one seed's 
in those Friday-Sunday regionals, and that keeps BYU out of the 8-9 game we don't want to see them in. Yeah, 8-9 would be the worst. Yeah, I'm with you. I think BYU has a chance to go higher than 7. I don't know that it will be much higher, though, because of the whole Sunday play thing. BYU is probably going to drop a seed line based on the fact that they got to be penciled into a Thursday, Saturday, and then they go down. The, the committee can move them up to accommodate as well, but it doesn't feel like BYU has ever been moved up. It always feels like they get moved down, right? <laughs> yeah, and up, I'm, let's bump them up. I'm not conspiracy theory guy with the tourney, but I do think that when the tourney looks at BYU, they think, oh, this is an inconvenient situation for us because of Sunday play, and we're just going to make it work. And it do, it's not in BYU's best interest. In, it's in the best interest of the tournament, right? And, and that's what they're dealing with. Could they be higher than a seven? Sure. I think six is probably the peak. Five feels like a stretch right now. But if BYU uh, somehow beat Gonzaga at home, that would certainly help us. If they don't, I still think BYU could somehow climb to a six. It's all based on the fact that BYU has the 10th best non-conference strength of schedule. That gives BYU some beef. 33 if you do D1 only. Like, BYU's strength of schedule was really nice. Dave Rose set BYU up with an excellent schedule going into the season so that they could go to Maui, so they could play at Houston, so they could host San Diego State. And San Diego State's way better than we thought, right? <laughs> BYU went down there last year, and that was not the same type of team. Now that's a top five kind of team, which is pretty wild. And BYU was up nine in the second half. We're always going to think about that. Yeah, BYU is one Yoli Childs away from San Diego State not being the only undefeated team left in the country. Exactly. And Yoli Childs, Yoli Childs didn't play against those number one seeds in any of those games. Kansas, San Diego State, and Gonzaga, Gonzaga on the road. We're going to see him against Gonzaga. Let's go. What's wild is TeamRankings.com. Remember like two months ago when they said, oh, after BYU beat Houston, they're like, the most likely seed is a six for BYU. They're we were like, like what? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. What are those guys talking about? Yeah. Here we are. They were, they were right. Here we are. And I, I don't know that six is the most likely now, but that was closer than we thought to that. Okay, basketball out, football in. BYU just got a huge graduate transfer in Devontae Henry Cole, the running back from the University of Utah. It is a much-needed boost for that running back's room. If BYU is still scouring the graduate transfer portal, and we assume they are until the last minute, why not? Jerem, which position group could benefit the most from an additional graduate? Probably running backs as well. I, th- oh, I think one. BYU needs another one. I, I do. I think BYU's got some good guys uh, behind uh, run DHC. That'll be good. But I think receiver is probably the number one uh, area. Obviously, losing Aleva Hifo and Talon Shumway and Micah Simon means who's going to step up. I think BYU has some talent, but it'd be nice to have a guy that jumps right in and contributes right away. Remember in 2014 what Jordan Leslie contributed? Remember what Nick Kurtz contributed as a JC transfer even? Um, Kurtz probably wasn't as good as we were hoping, but he was still a starter and an impact player. Um, I think wide receiver is, is the position. It'd be nice to get a guy that can come in and have 500-plus receiving yards right away. We're talking about guys like Cody Epps as, oh, they could make an impact in year number one because BYU needs help. I don't want to lean on a true freshman hardly ever, right? Um, there are guys in the program that you hope that Keanu Hill is ready. Redshirt freshman, ready to go. Gunnar Romney, it's your time. You're a, you're a junior now. It's time. Dax Milne, right? Neil Paulo, what's happening Neil, there? Neil Paulo is an X-factor, a Y-factor, if you will. A guy that sat out last year after the DUI on campus there. Um, he's in good standing and ready to go, apparently. He is, he is a guy that was in the mix to be one of those top four receivers. Yeah, I, I like the idea of Neil Paulo there as well. 
Yeah, I, I can't argue. I, I would love for BYU to be bolstered with uh, another experienced graduate transfer that wants to make a name and make an immediate impact. There's room for that to happen in the receivers group. It, totally, because there's not a lot of production coming back. Yeah, Matt Bushman at tight end. And then you kind of go, who, who else is there that you know is going to – put you in a position to win against Utah, against Minnesota, right, against Stanford. Those are the games we're talking about. The word of the day is special, folks, and we're all hoping that special is following BYU basketball and football around for a long time. Uh, So let's, with that in mind, move to our question of the day. What would make specifically this BYU basketball season special? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. First response in from our friend at Ames Flames on the Twitter machine. Any of the following. One, beating Gonzaga in Provo. Two, beating Gonzaga in Las Vegas. Three, winning a game in the NCAA tournament. Okay, any of those options. Yeah. There are some people that say all of those before you call it a special season. That's, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, this BYU team's really good, and this has been a really fun season to watch, right? Um, I think they need to continue to validate it with something that leaves us with a good taste in our mouth. Because, listen, you can have a great regular season, and then if you don't do something kind of in the postseason, it hurts. Look at the 2001 football season. We don't look at that as one of the great seasons. They started 12-0, but then they lose at Hawaii and lose to Louisville, and now we don't talk about them very much. Luke but, Staley breaks his was, leg. and Right, but that was a good season. Had they maybe just won that bowl game, we would have said, oh, 13-1, that's one of the top six seasons in BYU history. Finishing strong matters, right? Ames Flames adds doing any two of those would be incredibly special. Oh, I'll take one of those. Yes, please. Like one. Yes, please. Absolutely, yeah. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Join that conversation whenever you feel like it. Coming up, the new school record holder in the pole vault, Elise Romney, joins us. And the former head basketball coach at BYU, the always entertaining Dave Rose, on what he believes the ceiling is for this BYU basketball team. Stay with us. This is BYU Sports Nation. MJ said the roof is the ceiling, right? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as host Gregor Bell, the coach, and Connor Harding are in studio, plus a behind-the-scenes deep blue into the weekend for the TJ Haas family around the St. Mary's game. Pretty awesome. Watch it on the BYU TV app, 8 Eastern tonight. Hanging out live in Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We are so thrilled to have... Dave Rose, former BYU basketball head coach, legend in uh, Cougar sports history with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, babe. guys. Thanks for having me. You and I were joking after the game, more so me than you, that <laughs> you are kind of like Tony Romo now when it comes to basketball and viewing things as an analyst. Where you're going, As a former coach, you're like, they're going to do this. And then they do that. Yeah, and, and if they don't do that, you just don't remember that one. Okay? <laughs> you just remember the ones that you said, oh, yeah, yeah. they're going to do this, and then they do it, and it happens, and that's the one you talk about. All the other ones you just let go. How, how are you as a spectator? Are you kind of antsy as the former coach, or can you watch I, I will. I will tell you this. It's really, really interesting because I've been through so many different uh, you know, spectator moments. Being a spectator for your own kids is the worst, okay? I mean, because you want your kids – you know, to do so well. And, and then you realize if it doesn't work, what's going to happen at home for the next six hours to get it back to normal. And But, uh, you know, being a spectator of this BYU basketball team, it's a lot more nerve-wracking than 
uh, actually, you know, being over there coaching because you, you're involved in so many things. And there's, there's in this one, you're just worried about the next play and you don't have any control over it. And um, but it's fun. These guys have been terrific. And I'll tell you, one of the really special things I don't think that gets talked too much about about how good this team is. You look at the, the the seven losses that they've had and how they've been beat. I mean, my goodness, they've only been beat really maybe once or twice mm-hmm. the whole year. And both those games were without their best inside player. You know, Against so, one seeds right now. So you, yeah. what, what we're talking about is that this team, even when they do get beat, it's a tough out. I don't think anybody wants – uh, you know, run into this group. It, it's a dangerous group of guys. They're, they've got depth. They've got uh, experience. Uh, they've got a lot of talent. And they've got a roster that really works, I mean, just position-wise. Those three guys coming off the bench, are uh, they all bring you something different, but they all bring you the same thing, that they can all hit threes. I mean, Dalton and Connor and uh, uh, Zach can all come in with, with energy. Connor can guard perimeter guys. Dalt is a, a physical. He understands the system, both offensively and defense, as well as any player you know, on the team. And uh, then Zach, the energy that he brings to rebound. And then all the stuff they run with him in that pick and pop, and he's popping. Uh, you know, he gets hit seven threes, eight threes in a game. You take three guys off the bench that could all potentially have 20-point nights, I mean that's that, that's a pretty good and uh, just just pretty good depth to have plus um, the experience that these guys have, have been through. Yeah, it's been a record-setting year for BYU shooting the three. They've made double-digit threes in fourteen games. That's never happened. You coach some outstanding three-point shooting teams, so to watch these guys who you basically recruited all of them do this and have it come to fruition this way, how is that emotionally for you? Well, I'm just really happy for the guys. I think that it's a uh, you know, I, you you go into this, and you know, I coached here for 14 years, and most of those years, early, you know, all the guys got that NCAA experience. They got a chance to go to the tournament, which is the that's the special part of collegiate basketball is to get into that tournament and feel, get on that blue carpet and feel what it's like to go through the practice sessions, the the, the media sessions, you know, the shoot arounds, what you wait for. Uh, on game day and you're in the locker room and that game before you goes into OT. I mean, it's just crazy how special that is. And then the lights come on and they're really, really bright. And sometimes that is way too quick. You know, you get in, you you play the game, you get eliminated in the first round. But most of our guys all got that chance. And without, without going for, you know, four years, uh, I'm just happy that these guys are right in the mix right now. Finish this thing off like you've done all – you know, 15 weeks prior and just be consistent down the stretch and you'll get in there and, and get a chance to enjoy that. Projected as a seven seed by Joe Lenardi right now. What do you think of that spot for BYU? Well, the 7-10 game is, uh, is usually a pretty pretty fair matchup game, you know, and, and then you get a two seed if you win and uh, and then, you know, you hope there's upsets there, you know, where maybe you, you catch a break. I remember uh, back when we uh, – you know, went to the Sweet 16, and we were playing Florida in New Orleans, and uh, you know Pittsburgh ends up beating Butler. I mean, Butler ends up beating Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, I think, was the one seed, and Butler was the four or five, whatever. And 
and you think that, you know, we end up losing our game in overtime, but if we'd won, we're going to play the lowest-scoring team in the NCAA against uh, one of the highest-scoring teams. With Jimmer Fredette. And, that, and, that, and VCU is and sitting so, there so, behind them. So you talk about being, you know, being really close. Uh, and I think this team can think about those same kind of things because uh, – uh, the, the the way that the team's put together, the way that they play, uh, the depth that they have, and then again the, the the position roster position that works for them. They play four guys out on the perimeter. That's hard to deal with. And there are times when there's five. I mean, we played some some minutes of that game the other night where there was no one in the post, yeah. and it was all five guys spread out. And you know you could see San Francisco with big Jimbo, you know, trying to figure out where do I go here and. Uh, <laughs> So it's uh, it's fun to watch these guys, and I'm just happy for them. Is there a seed line you don't like, like the eight nine game? The eight nine, the eight nine is always you know we had two of those I think, and uh, three of them right? Maybe three of them. Yeah, yeah. you played Xavier and, and Texas A and M twice. Yeah, and we didn't get past A and M either time or Xavier, but it, it just kind of it, it, it's it's interesting. You know, after you have eight invitations to the tournament, and you're always excited, and Selection Sunday's fun, but you want to get past Selection Sunday where. Your guys just go, okay, this is what we have. This is where we got to go. This is what we're going to do. And sometimes that seed line, uh, you know, now with this group, they'll all be ecstatic. It'll be fun to, you know, have a camera in that room and see how they all respond because they haven't been for quite a while. But, uh, you know, you want to have a seed that, uh, you know, lets you see it happening for you down the road. Dave Rose with us on BYU Sports Nation. What do you feel like is uh, the recipe to making this a special season? And you're Jeremy and I kind of give our opinions on the matter, but what, it's already been pretty remarkable. What makes it special? Well, I think that uh, you, you come into every season with these three main goals, win a regular season championship, win a tournament championship, uh, and then you know get to the NCAA tournament and advance in the tournament. And I think that any, any one of those three – make it a special season for the players and the coaches, for the fans. I mean, you, you just heard the question from the guy. I mean, I mean, his answer, beat Gonzaga and get to the tournament. They didn't even talk about winning a regular season championship <laughs> or a tournament championship. Those things are, you know, th- th- they just don't mean that much anymore to fans. What means something to fans is getting to the NCAA tournament. And we've got this thing with Gonzaga here at, at BYU where Gonzaga has dominated this league and so – you beat them, and now you've really done something. And I, you know, obviously we really understand that. And and uh, you know, the the some of the most special nights as a coach for, uh, here at BYU were the nights when we beat Gonzaga. Uh, it was funny; most of them were up there. You know, it, 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 we we only beat them a couple times here in our place. Uh, the win against Gonzaga in Denver, probably the best win, you know, of all when we moved on to the Sweet 16 before we were even in their league. But uh, I think that to me, to, to make it really special, one of those three things need to happen. The one you have no control over, really, because Gonzaga controls their own destiny for the um, the regular season championship. But it'd be really nice to go down to Vegas and win a conference tournament championship that we haven't won in, I mean, we're getting close to 20 years now. 20 you know? years. So that would make it really special, in my opinion. And then, obviously, you get to the tournament, uh, and, and those 
memories will be so special for the team and for the fans all they want to do is once you get there is win you know I remember we got beat two or three times in a row and I think we went back to back against A&M and my gosh you, you, I'm sitting there in my office wondering oh we got to crank this up and do it again I don't even know if it's just taking shots from everybody you know and I got a, a letter in the mail from Lavelle Edwards and he wrote me a, a personal note about how when when he went to his first bowl games, when he got this thing rolling. And in the letter, I still have it today, you read it, one of the paragraphs said, I was you know, so discouraged that I don't even know if I will. People give me so much hassle about getting to the bowl game and then losing it. Inside of me, I thought, well, maybe it's better if we don't even go to a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I'm reading that and I'm going, you know, I, I feel your pain, my friend. You know? <laughs> I can feel that. But, it, but what a, you know, it was a great, and he said, hey, you, you're doing the right thing. You're doing it the right way. Hang in there. It's going to turn. And sure enough, we, we finally got in there and, you know, we were able to win a few NCAA tournament games. And that kind of run can last for a long time. We're still celebrating that run to the Sweet 16. We're still celebrating the national championship. Yeah. I never, you know what I mean? Well, absolutely. It last a long time. Absolutely. It, it's uh, uh, the, 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 the celebration for fans is nice, but the celebration for the players and those teams, um, you know, this, this group that, uh, um, that Sweet 16 team with, uh, you know, we, we headlined Jackson and Jimmer. But, I mean, what, what a team that was as far as just a mix of guys. And uh, it'll be 10 years here, I think, next year. And uh, Jackson and Jimmer got a big reunion planned, and so we're excited. All, Do they? All get back together. Nice. That, that's oh, yeah. going to be really fun. And, and uh, those are things that are really special uh, as far as this opportunity, this profession that you're in. Uh, because those things, they, they do. They last forever. I'm glad you brought up the, the team aspect because Charles Abuo and Noah Hartsock and Brandon Davies is a big part of that team. There were so many. Logan Magnuson. Logan Magnuson Logan for Magnuson crying out loud. saved the Wofford game. Let's yeah. go, man. Greatest. I yeah. mean, it was those guys, and every time you see him, the first thing you do is you look at each other and you just smile. I mean, it's just like, you know, it doesn't really matter to me what you've been doing, and it doesn't matter to them what I've been doing. We know what we did, and that was really fun. That was really fun, you know. Why do you feel like this team this year has maybe some of those elements that that special team has? Well, I'll tell you this, that there's there's a, um, a, a feeling of, around a team that where a personal agendas get set aside. And then there's sometimes when you're coaching a team and you're fighting those personal agendas all year long. And, and it works, all right, and it still happens, but it's not nearly – as enjoyable. And from my opinion, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like all these guys have taken these personal agendas that maybe they've come here with and they've got to their senior year. When I was a junior college coach, it was every junior college coach, you'd see him and you go, hey, what do you like about freshmen? Well, freshmen are excited. They got energy. They're passionate, but they want everything. They want to be the player of the year. They want to be all American. They want to be first team all league. They want to score. They want to Sophomores just want to win, you know, and there's something similar to that with seniors and with this team. You got a group of seven guys that uh, put their heart and soul into this thing, and it looks to me like winning is the top priority for every one of those guys. And you take a guy like TJ Haas, who could score 30 points a game every night. I mean, he could. The dude's got an unbelievable game, and he, he knows how to do it. But he's one of the most adaptable players on this team. When Yo's not in, his numbers are 
scoring numbers are off the charts. When Yo's playing, his assist numbers way up, and he, he yields to what's best for the team to make it happen. And uh, and that's true with Jake and with Alec and you know I mean it's uh, and, and Yo Yo's the guy that uh, it's it's just we've we've had him in and we've had him out and we've had him in and hopefully you know we all talk about oh it's gonna be so great when we get to play Gonzaga with Yo let's all just hope that we get to play Gonzaga with Yo and see the thing <laughs> that, on, that actually happen because <laughs> we've had some wild things happen here and you just hope that happens and hope it happens twice. You know, hope we get him yeah. here in our place, and then hope we get him down there in Vegas and have a chance in to, their other place to see how that all plays out. You know? Yeah, uh, at Ames Flames, uh, which is uh, a woman. She's Amy. She says Dave Rose just mentioned me on BYUSN. He referred to me as the guy, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I missed. I missed who it was from. Okay, I just, okay. hard to know, right? Yeah. Hard to know. That was a great question, by the way. One of the best questions ever. I think submitted. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Seriously, you just made her day. <laughs> Again. She loved it. Yeah. Coach, great to see you. Uh, we'd love to see a lot more of you. All right. Thanks, guys. I look forward to uh, getting more involved in, uh, in broadcasting some games. I hope it, I can find a way that, to, stay, to stay courtside and do some analyst analytics. I, I'm, not, I'm not that good with numbers, but I'm actually I'm, I'm pretty good with seeing what's going on. And, uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to get started doing that. Awesome. Great hey, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Coach. All right. Coming up, BYU Hoops is ranked third in what? Ooh. And record setter Elise Romney of nationally ranked BYU track and field. Why she is the real elite Romney on campus. This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't ask Baylor. Thursday night, BYU Women's Hoops looks too sweet. The season series with St. Mary's for the first time in four years. Paisley Johnson and the crew in the Marriott Center watch it Thursday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We just had an outstanding conversation with former BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose. In-depth in the emotions of getting to the NCAA tournament, why he thinks this team is special and unlike a lot of other teams that are still good, and went to the NCAA tournament, what, what makes potentially this group very special? Download that podcast. All right. That said, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Brigham is the seventh seed in the latest Joe Lenardi bracketology from ESPN. The Cougars are matched up with 10th seed Purdue in St. Louis. St. Mary's is a nine seed. Gonzaga, surprisingly, a one seed. Oh. BYU is currently the third best mid-major program according to The Athletic. The Cougars listed behind only undefeated and fourth-ranked San Diego State and the sixth-ranked Dayton Flyers, who are 22-3. Volleyball. BYU stays number two in the latest ABCA coaches poll. The Cougars play at Grand Canyon, who have won eight in a row this Friday. Felipe Gibrito Fajeda is the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Defensive Player of the Week after 13 blocks and seven sets against UCLA and Pepperdine. He's fifth in blocks per set nationally. Gymnastics. Shannon Evans of the 16th-ranked BYU Women's Gymnastics Squad is the MRGC Gymnast of the Week after an all-around gem against Sacramento State. Her teammate Abby Miner had won the award four straight weeks until Evans took it over, or took it over, I should say. The All-American Bar Specialist will compete in four events again this weekend as the all-around competitor against Boise State live on BYU TV. Baseball. Pitcher Reed McLaughlin is named to the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association Stopper of the Year Award watch list, given him the nation's best relief pitcher. Uh, McLaughlin posted a 7-1 record as a reliever with four saves, the first to top seven wins and four saves in BYU. Golf. 
BYU Women's Golf enters the second day of the Lampkin Invitational in California. First competition for BYU since the Rainbow Wahine Invitational all the way back on October 30th of 2019. BYU fell to Washington State and Cal State San Marcos yesterday on day one of the invite up against UC Irvine in the seventh place matchup today. Okay, coming up, the top five Cosmo moments on this Tuesday Top 5. And it's not often we feature an elite pole vaulter on the show and a member of a power couple, but she fits both of those things. This is BYU Sports Nation. She can fly, literally. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU men's basketball is looking for a fifth straight win Thursday night at LMU. Listen to it on BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage starting at 10 Eastern. Your boy Jason Shepard will be on the road, so I've got him Thursday oh, night. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Welcome back to the show alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Our second guest of the day just set a record for BYU women's track and field She's in legit. the pole vault, which is amazing and, quite honestly, kind of scary for I'm me when I think death. about yeah. that. Okay, Elise Romney is her name. She's the real elite Romney on campus. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. It's great to have you. We've been saying that Baylor uh, uh, Romney is your husband, not the other way. Exactly. Right? Yes. 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 He You're is the primary figure. The husband of Elise of Romney. Of Elise Romney. Yes. Yeah. You say her full that's name. That's what we're going to say in the fall, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. See that kid play? Yeah. That's, that's, that's Elise that's Romney's, Romney's husband. husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You cool with that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's hear the backstory. How'd you guys meet and how'd you end up at BYU? Um, we actually, the very first time we met was at a youth conference um, right before my sophomore year of high school. His uh, family just moved from Mexico and he was in a cowboy hat, big boots <laughs> on, you know, belt buckle. And I was like, he's kind of cute. Maybe. <laughs> so that's how it started. The country boy, exactly. Baylor Romney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you end up going on a mission. And then yeah. when you get married, both at, when you're at BYU? Yeah, we actually left on our missions the same day. Wow. Um, I went, thankfully, to the New Zealand MTC, and he was in Provo. So I got home about four months before him. He followed me to BYU. You're welcome that he's here. It's, mm-hmm. it's my, it's my uh, We owe you. Yeah, exactly. For BYU beating Boise State, we owe you. Absolutely. Because he had uh, committed out of high school to Nick Rolovich in Nevada exactly. as the OC. Mm-hmm. So he came to BYU, we thought. For other reasons, but you were a big reason. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. The reason, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Okay. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about you, and then we'll talk about kind of the fall with Bailey there. But you, you set the pole vault record. What, what was your high before this? Because I was looking at your records before. This seemed like it was uh, a stretch. A little uh, out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. So last year at regionals, I jumped 417, which is about 13 feet, 8 inches. So this is like 5 inches higher. This is 431, right? 431. Mm-hmm. Which is 14 feet, uh, 1 inch and like 3 quarters or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something around, okay. around that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, so at what point were you like, this is going to be a good jump? Um, when I was relaxed. I, I told myself, because it was my third attempt, which I usually kind of freak out about, you know, this is my last chance. Um. I just decided, you know, let's let's relax and just like execute everything that I've been practicing for, you know, the past eight years. <laughs> so, at what point are you realizing I did it? Um, right there. You, you right as my chest comes over the bar, I knew that it was going to stay on. <laughs> and what are the emotions like in that moment? Um, absolute relief. I've been dreaming of breaking the school record, jumping over fourteen feet, basically since I got here, and 
I honestly thought it was going to happen a little sooner. <laughs> so I, I just to have it, you know, my senior year at this meet that I wasn't honestly really excited about in the in the beginning. Um, it was just relief. <laughs> Why weren't you excited about the meet? Um, Boise, I, I just haven't had great experiences at that meet before. Mm. Um, but that's not to say that anything can't happen, you know. So I just had to have a better attitude about it. <laughs> What what got you into pole vaulting? Because there's a certain amount of crazy associated with jumping into the air, launching yourself. A lot could go wrong, right? Totally. But tons of practice <clears throat> goes into that. Um, yeah. So I, I did track through middle school. They didn't offer pole vault, you know, as a seventh and eighth grader. I did sprints and long jump. And then I came to high school and I was like, hey, that looks awesome. I want to try that. And they let me and I was terrible. And then, you know, you just keep working at it. And I think I have some crazy in me. My family loves extreme sports. Um, my dad's a, a crazy skier, helicopter skiing every year, you know, just Whoa, a ton wow. of my blood to, to have a thrill. So. Okay, first There's of all, a little bit of crazy. Yeah. it's a wise decision to never let any 7th and 8th grader try a pole vault. Okay, can we just make that like a rule, a, a it law? It really should be. <laughs> okay, so you see this. Um, what was it like first time you, you were jumping? You said you were terrible. So at what point were you like, okay, I'm actually pretty good at this? Um, I think by the end of my first year, I had managed to like jump 10-6. And I was like, okay, like maybe I could be good at this because I was – it was just the speed and the fearlessness that, that my coach saw in me. That was the only potential that he really could see. Other than that, it was kind of not great. <laughs> and then BYU comes calling when they see that you're, you're doing well? Or how, how did that and, happen? And I want to ask you about that because you were recruited by UCLA and Arizona State, Arkansas, Texas A&M. So why BYU? Um, so, yeah, my senior year I kind of blew up. Um, it took me a while to jump really well. BYU was kind of talking to me the year before, um, but – I jumped like a foot and a half higher my senior year. Whoa. Um, so I was kind of late to the recruiting game, but I just, I messaged BYU and I was just like, hey, I, I, this is what I've jumped. I'd, I'd be interested. And so from there, it kind of snowballed into all these other schools. BYU was kind of my first choice because of my brothers, but also I wanted to serve a mission and that was a big factor. So your brothers went to BYU? All three older brothers went to BYU. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So there was a history there. That's cool. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're part of a power couple. This was dubbed by Tom <laughs> Homo on social yes. media. I tweeted it before <laughs> Tom. I oh, okay. Point, I want to point Jared that Jordan out. need the credit. Initiated, and then Tom hopped right, on board Tom, for that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what's that dynamic like when you have awkward travel schedules and you're halfway across the country and Baylor's got a football game? How do you balance that? Um, I think just – having trust in each other, um, knowing that we're both comp- super driven people um, and letting the other person chase their dreams for this short time that we can. Um, definitely just communicating, FaceTiming, all that kind of stuff, but understanding each other is kind of the base of, it, base of it. And walk us through what the fall was like for him because he starts in this battle for third place and then he, or third string, and then mm-hmm. he ends up starting – uh, you know, the Boy State game, which was arguably the biggest win of the year. And coming in and yeah. beating Utah State yeah. and then Liberty. Yeah, um, he was stoked when he got the opportunity. Um, and he's he's just the most humble person even, you know, when it's just us, he's he's still humble and he's still talking great things about all of his teammates. Um, and so he's just, he's a good example to me of hard work and, and perseverance, even when it doesn't seem like, you know, it's going to work out. So. Who's the better athlete then? Me, yeah. I, I was going to say, I think it's you, right? <laughs> He's not jumping 431. He's, listen, Come on. Track and field athleticism is different than football. No, it's so true. It's so yeah. true. I'm pretty sure Baylor, um, if he stared 
uh, lying in the face, he would have no emotion. Like, is he yeah. like Probably. is he as chill in real life as he is on the field? Um, yeah, he is. Sometimes he gets a little excited. I'm gonna say, but it's it's rare. He's mostly a chill person. Hmm. I know how to push his buttons. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Does he still wear a cowboy hat and boots? Absolutely ever? not. No, oh, I, I try to. Yeah, I try to get him to. Actually, this we is did why dress I up. fell in love with you. That was the Put Mor- on the cowboy boots. That was the Mormon Colonies kid, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, that was him. We did dress up as rednecks a few years ago for Halloween, and okay. that was that was the last time I think he put on cowboy boots. That's but. awesome. And and uh, Tate, your uh, brother-in-law, signed with BYU yeah, he, last week. That's he's cool. an all-star. He's going to be great. You guys are lucky. Okay, <laughs> rank the brothers right now. Um, oh, <laughs> that's really difficult. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't have to do that. <laughs> what's, what's next for you? Um, what's the next meet? I have Texas Tech Lubbock this weekend. Um, that's going to be some good competition. Some of the best girls in the nation are going to be jumping there with me. And then after that, MPSF, which is kind of our indoor conference meet in two weeks. So And, and keep Literally raising the bar and trying yes. to set a new school record, uh-huh. I assume. That's the that's the goal, hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> Wild. Okay. Well, you've so already, cool. you've already hit that mark. Um, a- after BYU, do you have future aspirations, or is is this kind of like uh, this is is this it for you? Um, I I, I kind of feel like I need to see where the rest of the season plays out. Um, this this jump isn't really a contender at all for Olympics or anything like that. Um, but say seven or eight more inches, and I might be. Wow. Okay. About. Let's keep going. And you're, you're what, a redshirt sophomore or a junior? I'm actually a senior. Oh, yeah. you're a senior? Yeah. Okay. So I did one year before uh, Baylor graduated high school, went on the mission, came back, and I haven't taken a redshirt at all. So this gotcha. is four years, yep. And will outdoor be your senior year as well? Yeah. Okay, so this is it. Okay. Well, we look forward to uh, another school record down Hopefully. the line. Yes. <laughs> okay, nice well, we to we would like Let's the record setter to sign our Sailor yeah. Duke flag. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation oh, awesome. karma, some good vibes for yeah. Texas Great. Tech as well. Thanks for coming in. Thank the you. best athlete in the Romney family. <laughs> that incl- hey, Gunner and Tate, that includes you as well. <laughs> okay, coming up, a rise and shout-out to a superstitious BYU fan rewarded yesterday after practice. I think Baylor just kind of smirked. Like I think his upper lip kind of kind of Baylor's up. heartbeat... <laughs> Increased it, by three beats per minute. <laughs> Got excited for a sec. I love it. Top five Tuesday on the way as well. A Cosmo special. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> this segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Oh, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. And the show is on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio app. It is time for Top 5 Tuesday. Tuesday. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. It is the Top 5 Cosmo Moments at number 5, Jerry. November 12th, 2016. Oh, yeah, I remember. BYU hosting Southern Utah University at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Cosmo in all his majesty. Sets the record for most back handsprings in a row by a mascot. 43! That's unbelievable. He's still dizzy today. (laughs) And and then later his head flew off, right? (laughs) 2018? Is that going to be in this? Number Our pets' heads are falling off! <laughs> <laughs> Number four, January 27, 2018. Rapper Doe, A.O. and Tail. They got the ice. I the just wrist. wanna roll it, roll it, roll it. 
Yeah, we don't have rights to that. You can't sing the love. Okay, I'm sorry. Join Cosmo and the Cougarettes to set the Marriott Center on fire! Not literally. With a halftime performance that went viral, it was so awesome. Look at that. The backdrop. Oh, so cool. Oh. At number three, December 7, 2017. Fresh off newfound stardom, Cosmo gets invited to the college football awards show to have a dance-off with Puddles the Duck, Oregon's mascot. Who can't dance remotely close to as well as Puddles is really cute. Cosmo's really awesome. Yeah. Cosmo's legit. The best mascot in college athletics. It's not, in our biased opinion, this is a true fact. Yes. Number two, last Saturday, Cosmo goes viral with the three-point dunk. A little help from the dunk team. He pulled off this crazy dunk. Whee! He went viral. He's like 25 feet in the air. This was unbelievable. He's launched from the three-point line. He's above the backboard when he catches the ball. This was amazing. <laughs> Everyone what is it? Cats was always land on their this. feet. Is that, is that what it is? Yes, they do. I, I guess ETI, technically he, he, he still landed on his feet first. Barstool, right? Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Sports, and all those accounts tweeted this video. This is from, wild. Oh, so good. So cool. And at number one, October 7, 2017, one of the most famous mascot dance videos to ever hit the interwebs. Cosmo and the Cougarettes on the football field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Once again, another epic dance routine. It became Uh a national news story. The Michael Jackson move is my favorite in there. Oh, my goodness. Cosmo in this situation went from, like, really good, impressive to the best. That's when it happened. Absolutely. This was the routine that got so popular that AO and Tail were like, then hey, we they we want to be involved with and this. And then that blew up, and then this three-point thing. He had done it before, by the way, in two, uh, 99 or 2000. Against That's UNLV. right. Mitch That's Hartman right. tweeted out yesterday. I didn't realize that. Okay, we've been talking about special things. Cosmo is a special mascot. Oh, absolutely. He's in Amazing. the Mascot Hall of Fame. Love Cosmo. It's, it's done. Ugh. Okay? Let's, let's, let's make it official. Is, is there a mascot Hall of Fame? If there is, I don't know. He's at the top of the list. Our question of the day, what would make this BYU basketball season special? Cosmo's doing his part. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at CL underscore living on Twitter. A TJ Haas alley-oop to Gavin Baxter dunk for the win with one second left in the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship game after Gonzaga led by 20 with under eight minutes. Hashtag movie special. That would be awesome. Today's rise and shout-outs. Mine goes to Joe Wheat. He was a superstitious fan against St. Mary's. Left the Rock, did some laps. BYU went on a run. Well, Mark Pope hooked him up with some swag yesterday. I went with Joe after practice and uh, took him there, and it was awesome. Congratulations to Joe. We got a water bottle and some shoes and a shirt. He broke it down with the team. They were really appreciative of his superstition and doing it for the squad. Absolutely. It's all for the Cougs. My rise and shout-out goes to Eric Mika, who uh, – was demoted and then showed up and was awesome for the stock the Stockton Kingskin. He's such a stud. Our thanks to today's guest, former head basketball coach BYU Dave Rose and the elite Elise Romney. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time. You can't pull ball. <laughs> for Jer, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Eric Drage.